0: Hello, you are listening to a very special mini-series of the Sustainable-ish podcast with me, Jen Gale, counting down to and celebrating the launch of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide, my book that is everything you need to know to make small changes that make a big difference. Join me for 12 days, diving into a chapter each day and chatting to someone marvellous, doing good stuff relevant to the topic of that chapter to infuse and inspire you to take action. And obviously to get your mix on a copy of my book. (laughs) One of my favourite comments I've had so far from someone who was sent an advanced copy is that It's the most eco-common sense thing I've read, which I absolutely love because I feel like we all need a bit of eco-common sense as we enter a new year and a new decade where we'll all need to be making changes. So we need to figure out how to make those changes work for us. The book is published by Bloomsbury and it is out on January the 9th. So if you're listening before that, you can pre-order it from all the usual places online or if you're listening after that point you can of course order it online or it should be available in all good bookshops or obviously the sustainable-ish option would be to ask your library to order it in for you. So here we are day nine nearly there (laughs) and today we are exploring how to be more sustainable-ish at school. Whether you've got kids of school age, or indeed you are a school age kid, you can listen to this podcast, or have been coerced onto the PTA, or are involved in education in a more formal way, this episode is for you. Ed Moore is a year three teacher at Damer's First School in Dorchester, and when he arrived at the school seven years ago, there was nothing eco going on at all. Tune in to hear his journey of how he transformed the school into one of the country's leading eco-schools who have won a host of accolades, including the first ever Surfers Against Sewage Plastic-Free Schools Award. Enjoy. Hello, Ed. Welcome to Sustainable-ish.
1: Hello. Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Really, really looking forward to talking to you. And uh, you did make me giggle because you're just back from an educational school trip to Wagamama's, I hear.
1: Yeah, yeah, link, link, all linked to Japan and food and culture and yeah, fantastic trip.
0: Oh, brilliant. I love That's my ideal school trip, I reckon. I would volunteer to help out with that one. <laughs> um, so can you introduce yourself? And...
1: Uh, my name is Ed Moore. Um, I'm a year three teacher and eco coordinator at Dame's First School in Dorchester, Dorset.
0: Brilliant. And um, so tell us about Dame's First School. How many kids are there?
1: Uh, we got four hundred and fifty children. Uh, we're based on uh, on Poundbury, which is in Dorchester, which is uh, part of uh, the Prince of Wales's um, idea of a of a of a model village.
0: Oh wow! Ah, so and you're a first school, so do you have that like first, middle, and
1: yeah, that's right. So we we yeah we start in reception at uh, four years old, and we go up to uh, nine years old, and then they go off to middle school oh, and then okay. high school.
0: Okay, brilliant. And you said that you're an uh, eco-coordinator, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: So how did how did that all start?
1: Uh, basically, um, about seven years ago, uh, literally I joined, I, joined the, I joined the school. Uh, blank canvas, literally there was, there was no garden, um, there was no sign of the environment, um, the children didn't know where their food came from, uh, they didn't know anything about recycling or looking after their world, and I thought, you know this this is my passion and i thought you know what a great way to sort of galvanize a school and galvanize a community and um you know try and make the school an eco school
0: and you've you've done you've not only done that made it an official kind of eco school and we'll mm. we'll dive into what that means but you've you've gone kind of way above and beyond that haven't you you've had loads of awards and recognition yeah. and opportunities tell us a little bit about some of them
1: uh yeah we've we've had some phenomenal uh, opportunities uh We've, uh, we've designed and made our own uh, eco products, which we've sold as a young enterprise competition, uh, which we've won for the last three years. So, what uh, kinds
0: of things have you made? What kinds
1: of things? Uh, we've made sea um, bombs, uh, we've made uh, our own uh, cleaning products, and we made uh, wax tastic, which was um, an alternative to cling film.
0: Oh, okay. And- so, like the wax wraps?
1: Yeah, like the wax wraps. Um, and then uh, the children have sold them at farmer's markets, um, at summer festivals, wow. um, outside uh, supermarkets. Uh, and then the money goes back into something that the children would like. So, uh, for example, the children really wanted a, a wildlife area in a pond. Uh, so um, so I said, hey, you know, if you want that, then we need to raise the funds for that. And um, they managed to raise about half the money Needed oh. for the for the wildlife area and the pond.
0: It's really easy, actually. Just from you saying that, how to see how you can link this the eco stuff into so many different areas of the curriculum, mm. yeah, and definitely. how actually it's it's far more a holistic approach than kind of like putting it in a box somewhere that we learn about the environment.
1: Yeah, um, definitely, uh, definitely. I think uh, everything that we do is is is, is em, it's embedded across the whole curriculum um, in everything in every subject every child learns something to do with the environment every day and i think that's really key to keep it to keep it going and keep it fresh in their minds
0: yeah definitely and so you said this was your passion is that something you've always been into sort of
1: the yeah yeah from a, from a young age um, my my granddad i remember watching my granddad uh, bring students uh, to uh, to his to his house to his home uh, he was a big grower and his allotment and um, to see children and students learn through growing and where their food came from, and then learning, like, cookery techniques of um, just simple Brit- British food British food of how to, like, cook it. Um, yeah. I just felt that was the, the way forward, and, um, yeah, I, I sort of learnt from him, I think. And how did
0: the school respond when, you know, you arrive and sounds like you're a you know, new teacher on the scene, and suddenly yeah. you're kind of like, we're, we're going to, I really want to do this. Were they mm-hmm. quite, um, quite on board with that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, lots were on board straight away, uh, taking the school in into a new direction and something something fresh, um, something a bit different. Yeah. Uh, And obviously, you know, there were a few staff that were unsure, you know, you know, wanting to get involved, and I think you're you're always going to get that, but (laughs) um, you know, the you know the the children were inspired and really enthusiastic and really passionate um, after about six months, and I think through there the work that they were doing, I think that those teachers that weren't so on board mm. came on board because they you know they saw that actually the children wanted to do this yeah. and, and you know and I think ever since you know it's fantastic that you know everybody within the school now is is thriving and working with the children you know to make their world a, a a better place yeah
0: and so you said it you know it took about six months to get the kids on board and one of the things I'm sort of always slightly wary of is that you know this is such a massive topic this is overwhelming for us as grown ups um mm. how how do you first introduce it to the kids without um kind of scaring them i guess you know but they you need to kind of raise their awareness of these issues mm. and, and the changes that need to be made but you yeah. you don't want them yeah of course fear.
1: um start small um we started small we did um we did like a like a a little week mm-hmm. um that's how we started and we did like sort of a mass um, uh, litter pick throughout the week of different areas around where the school was. Um, And then, you know, we made graphs, um, we did tally charts, uh, we linked it with maths, we wrote wrote litter poems and we wrote letters as well to to companies that, you know, of of items that we found the most of. and, And I think that really drawed on the children's passion that really got them going and yeah. then and then we and then we had children going out at, at weekends and during their summer holidays and their school holidays to yeah. then do the little picks for their parents and then and then it just kept on sort of going down and down and down, and then yeah. getting neighbours joining and their friends joining and then it just kept on going like that sort of and thing the, so that's how we that's how we started
0: and that is such a brilliant brilliant place to start because um, I talked to Cal Major, who does uh, Paddle Against Plastic. I don't know if you've come across mm. her. She's she's stand-up paddleboarded the length of the country. And yeah. we were talking about um, beach cleans and about how that, it's such a, it's such a, e- not an easy win, but because it's, A, people, you see a visible result. So that's mm. great, amazing. People see you doing it, which prompts them to kind of think, oh, maybe I could do that. And as you say, you know, you've had, got all this data and you can start introducing a little bit of, Almost activism to the kids, you know. Well, let's let's write a letter to these companies. And let's mm. make our voice heard, and like mm. that is just such a brilliant place, I think, for people mm. to start. What was your next project? Can you remember?
1: Um, we sort of carried it on. So then, a couple of months later, we see we we we, we saw that it made an impact. So mm. we did the litter pick again to see if what we had done, what we had put in place, had had improved things. See if there was less, yeah, to see if there was Ooh. less or, or compare,
0: yeah.
1: And it, it had it obviously had worked. Wow. Uh, community had obviously got on board and um made it made made, made it, definitely made it made a change and yeah. had a difference. Um our next our next topic after that we did um we looked at the food, we looked at the garden. Um I remember um designing the garden. We didn't have a garden at school. Um so I designed a garden and mm. um literally uh, spent my Easter holidays um, making the garden with some helpers and so then after these holidays, uh, the, the children came back to us, you know, uh, these raised beds. Each class had a raised bed so then we could grow some vegetables yeah. and get them cooking. You know, that was my real passion, you know, getting yeah. get cooking, getting understanding where their food came from.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I know that you've just very recently been awarded the Surfers Against Sewage, had their inaugural plastic free mm. awards and you guys won the, the schools award. Yeah um what what were the easiest things I guess to go plastic free as a school and what what have been the hardest things
1: um the easiest things were um water bottles yeah uh, we designed our own water like stainless steel water bottle and had it engraved with the school logo, oh, which uh, even people around the community which you believe come and buy our water bottle as well oh. from school, which is fantastic uh, so everyone literally has has one of these stainless steel water bottles Yeah. So um, did you then
0: give one to each child
1: yeah pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. um um and then um we've um we've changed over our milk which isn't very well publicized
0: yeah because i think because um, key stage no is it just the yeah reception get free milk don't they yeah reception and my yeah. um our head it very excitedly said to me we've switched from the plastic bottles to tetra packs and i was like actually tetra packs are harder to recycle and it's really hard isn't it so what have you guys done
1: uh we've gone to glass milk bottles
0: and they're delivered as like big ones or small yeah,
1: ones yeah big big ones with um with uh, and they're going us uh free beakers as well oh uh, yes yeah, re- reusable beakers
0: and who was uh, that with was that with a national company or was that with a local dairy or
1: yeah that's with cool milk oh, okay uh, i will yeah they don't publicize you. it very well and i think um the DFE did a uh, did some research last year, and um, Cool Milk work came out as the the worst company for single-use plastic. That oh schools, really? Yeah, that schools work with, and it's not very well publicised. Not many people know about it. But literally, if you just phone up and if you just phone them up and say, "Hey, you want you want to switch to uh, glass milk bottles and free and uh, reusable be- beakers?", yeah. they'll just do it there and then. And then the next week, you 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 know you'll be able to do it.
0: And do they take the bottles back, or do you then recycle them?
1: Yeah, they take the bottles back and rewash them, and then yeah.
0: That is an amazing tip. Wow! Can you imagine if every school just exactly did that? Like, what a massive
1: impact. Exactly, and I think you know, cool milk. You know, they just need they just need to publicise it. They should it. be
0: shouting Stop. about it. Yeah, they
1: should be. they should be, and for some strange reason, they're not.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant! So, um, so we said water bottles and milk were really easy. What are some yeah. of the things that have really been problematic?
1: Um, and the problematic ones have been um, so uh, reception to year two. They get a uh, free like vegetable or fruit snack. Yeah, the company was reluctant to to uh, to put the the veg or the fruit in just into a cardboard box. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, yeah. and the children kept on writing letters. So I sent a few emails. Then um, the children then phoned them up. Oh, <laughs> spoke to them, um, and I think they got so bored. <laughs> uh, going on for about a year. I think they got so bored and sick and tired of us just constantly phoning them that they decided to give in and and put uh, the fruit and veg in into boxes.
0: And again, is that a national scheme or is that a,
1: yeah, local a national scheme? scheme yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We're sort of trialling it at the moment um, with them uh, to see if the fruit changes, yeah, in yeah. colour and things to see. Yeah. And at the moment, it doesn't make any. It hasn't made any difference whatsoever. whatsoever. To be honest, I think it's even made the fruit and veg more more better than yeah. it wetting away in a plastic bag
0: yeah 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 and and that's brilliant because if they can do it for one school and you can be the sort of test mm. case then there's absolutely yeah. no reason again why that they can't kind of roll that out Yeah, now we talked about um we mentioned eco schools um early on can mm. you just explain a little bit what the eco schools program is
1: uh, so eco schools is an international program that um, takes place in about 65 65- uh, countries across the globe mm-hmm. um started on it started about 30 years ago um and uh you, you follow um you follow seven steps um to uh, achieve um the eco schools green flag
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so some of the objectives include you got to um you do like an audit of the work that you do within school yeah. i see all the positives and the negatives yeah uh, then from that you write an action plan. Um, and then you go out and you go, you, you decide on the topics that you're going to uh, yeah. look at. So you might, uh, in, your, in your first year, you've got to look at three topics. Mm-hmm. And then when you renew it, you've got to do five topics. Yeah. And then every, every two years, you just interchange two topics. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you, you, you've got to have an eco code that shows um, children and staff um, what they need to follow mm-hmm. uh, within the school yeah to choose the flag involve uh, your community yeah uh, it's fantastic you know the, um has done a fantastic job that's um, so clear now on their website yeah. it's got some really good ideas and activities of how to, you know to start you off and yeah I, you know i I really recommend it
0: so there are tons and tons of resources on there aren't there yeah. when yeah. i um because I spoke to them for the book and the thing they were really keen to get across was that you know, you don't have to already be at a certain standard to apply or to get started. Like there's, you know, there's nothing too small you can do to kind of be taking action and to be, um, you know, sort of signing up and that sort of thing, because I think sometimes that maybe puts people off that they think, oh god we've got to do this audit, and we're already not doing anything, but I'm sure if everybody looked at their existing school policies they are already doing something they might not just realize what those things are
1: yeah i I, to- I totally agree I think I think uh, like you just said low schools don't realize until they do the audit, they think oh we're not doing anything, mm. and then they do realize they're doing an awful lot um you know, they're covering an awful lot of the topics that eco-schools yeah. um, are, are doing. And, you know, they're pretty much halfway there to getting the flag yeah. um, anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's brilliant. You know, and then someone comes in and assesses your school, but it's not really an assessment. It's really a celebrating what you've done and they give you some pointers of how else you can move forward mm-hmm. and what you're doing. And, um, it's, yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it is a brilliant project. So it sounds like you've had really great buy-in, Um, from the pupils and the staff have all kind of now come on board what's the Mm. reaction been like from like the parents and getting like the PTA on board because I know that from my own experience with kind of PTA fundraisers plastic Mm. tack can feature quite highly you know in in that so how's how's that gone?
1: Uh, So the eco crew they invited the PTA into a meeting uh, about 18 months ago and the the PTA wanted to get on board they wanted to basically Get mentored by the Eco oh. Crew of how they could to how they could reduce the plastic within yeah. all the all the um, events that they organise um, and they they listen to the children and all the PTA events are single use plastic free.
0: Brilliant. Literally, That's the amazing. first
1: one was was done and they've they kept on going.
0: And I love that you've kind of the lead is coming very much there from the from the children. And I think that's one of the things that Eco Schools talks about, isn't it? That it's very much kind of child-led, and you take, you follow their passions and their interests. Um. So you've got this Eco Crew. Is that separate from your school council, or is that the same people, or does and does it rotate around, or how does that work?
1: Uh, so each each um, each class has an Eco Ambassador mm-hmm. um, within their class that represents their class, and then everybody else is like an Eco Rep. Oh, okay, brilliant. Yeah, We see everybody as eco-reps. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, So it, everyone, each class got eco-ambassador. And literally, if there's any problems or children see, that, you know, they need they they want to see things done and or they've got some really good ideas, then so mm. they go and see their ambassador and then their ambassador brings it to uh, our eco-meetings, uh, which are after school on a Thursday.
0: Oh, brilliant. So you have one a week and they yeah, sit a- together and, and mm. sometimes you'll be doing practical stuff and other times you'll be yeah. kind of strategizing a little bit.
1: Strategizing and working out what our next project is going to be or you know what they want to do. And, yeah. and have you
0: had trouble limiting that to one child per class or have you had any that haven't wanted to volunteer?
1: Everybody, everybody wants to volunteer. They? Uh, yeah I think that we've got, we've got about 450 uh, eco ambassadors yeah. want to join. Um, um, some classes have two or three. Okay um, you know, if they've got a passion for it and they want to do it, then you know I'm not going to stop them from yeah. joining. And if you know we have 30, then we have 30. Um, mm. You know, I'm 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 fine with that. Um, we've we've also got other other groups that are sort of um, you know linked in to the yeah. work that we do. So you know everybody everybody is working, everyone is striving to the same goal.
0: Yeah. Now, it sounds like, you know, you've obviously got this, this is your passion and you've gone into the school and you've really kind of made this happen. Mm. How how would it work? I'm thinking if people are listening and they've got kids at a school and they want to get that kind of thing coming more kind of externally or from a PTA, do mm. you think you need a key member of staff on board and helping you to, to create change within the school?
1: Yeah, I think you do. I think you need someone with passion and mm. enthusiasm, you know, someone who, you know, who is going to be insanely mad and give up their weekends and (laughs) give up their evenings and even give up their school holidays to, uh, you're not
0: selling it to us now. Sorry,
1: (laughs) I'll sell it. I'll sell it. Uh, Yes. You you need someone who's got passion, enthusiasm, um, you know, got a bit of knowledge about the environment, um, you know, willing to leave from the front Mm -hmm. uh, and inspire, you know, inspire children uh, within, within your school to, you know, to, take this forwards and it's really so important that you know if you can if you can grasp them and get them inspired yeah. they will literally lead your school they'll lead yeah. your school forwards um and just just run with it run with wherever they take you because the uh, they come up with some really fantastic ideas
0: yeah i bet they come up with stuff you would never even have thought of in a million years <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay so very quickly because you're on your lunch hour um <laughs> top tips for top anyone tip. looking to get started
1: top tips of what being an eco school
0: yeah or, or just getting things off the ground in their school
1: um start simple literally uh do an audit do an audit of yeah. your school celebrate what you know celebrate all the great stuff that you do you know every school does fantastic environmental work you just don't some some schools just don't realize what you, what you're doing so yeah. um you know do an audit see what you do celebrate the fantastic work you do and then work on the areas that that you know that come out of that that you want to work on yeah um you know get out into the community and you know there's some great initiatives that you can join um like we do with our recycling center recycling crisp packets and yes printing cartridges and biscuit wrappers and yeah. uh, confectories you know there's some really easy ways to to get get the community involved get mm-hmm. the community on your side with those parents um, and raise some great funds for your school, you know, that can then go back into eco projects that you know the children want to want to get involved with. Um, also, I would uh, get get other organisations involved. Uh, like we we've, we've got organisations like List Free Dorset and this Free Coast and Sea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, campaign Tech Rule in England, you know, get them involved, get them into your school. Um, doing assemblies or workshops they'll do it for free you yeah. don't have to pay them at all that's what they're there for use them um, yeah. um you know and a great way to then inspire children you know to look at their environment a bit more and take it home and talk to their parents and yeah. they might then go out and do a little pick themselves you know during the weekend
0: yeah definitely and i think one of the things that's really coming out talking to you is that i said about not wanting to scare them but it feels like what well, everything you're doing is really action focused mm. and it's not looking at all the bad scary horrible stuff that's going on it's looking at all the things that they can do and that they can mm. do as kids and you can do as a community to, yeah, to move it forwards and i think that's that's key for everyone not just for school kids as well so yeah you guys are doing an amazing job thank you
1: cheers thank you very much
0: Thank you so much for tuning in and for joining me in counting down to and celebrating the launch of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide, available online and in all good bookshops from January the 9th, 2020. Catch you next time.